with God's word that I'll be sharing with you this day. And I'm going to invite you to stand. This is from the common service. We come together this day as the people of God. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Beloved in the Lord, let us draw near with a true heart and confess our sins unto God our Father, beseeching Him in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ to grant us forgiveness. Our help is in the name of the Lord, who made heaven and earth. I said, I will confess my transgressions unto the Lord, and you forgave the iniquity of my sin. Almighty God, our Maker and Redeemer, we poor sinners confess unto you that we are by nature sinful and unclean, and that we have sinned against you by thought, word, and deed. Wherefore, we come for refuge to your infinite mercy, seeking and imploring your grace for the sake of our Lord Jesus Christ. Almost most merciful God, who has given your only begotten Son to die for us, have mercy upon us, and for his sake grant us remission of all our sins. And by your Holy Spirit, increase in us true knowledge of you and of your will and true obedience to your word. That by your grace we may come to everlasting life through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Amen. Almighty God, our Heavenly Father, has had mercy on us and has given His only Son to die for us and for His sake offers us the forgiveness of all our sins. To those who believe on His name, He gives the power to become the sons of God and bestows upon them His Holy Spirit. He that believes and is baptized shall be saved. Grant this, O Lord, unto us all. Amen. The official title for what we have done has been the confession. The Greek word homologo. Uh, the same word that is speaking the truth of our condition and the truth of what God has done. There's another confession that is also a part of our life. And it's our same word, homo logo, this, this same word, which is our confession of faith. Again, it is speaking the word of truth. Those words, if they're not in your head or heart, are also in this hymnal on page 32. And I'm going to tell you, I'm going to use the hymnal because I've used so many different versions of it that I don't want to mess you guys up when I speak it together with you. But boldly, together, as the people of God, let's proclaim our faith. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, dead, and was buried. He ascended into hell. The third day he rose again from the dead. He ascended into heaven and is seated on the right hand of God, the Father Almighty, from where he shall come to judge the living and the dead. 
I believe in the Holy Ghost, the Holy Christian Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Do you believe that? Amen. Yes. And say amen again. Amen. amen. Can we receive it? As I've been paying attention to what's been going on in our world, in our country, our state, our cities, I thought, you know what, today might be a good day to deviate from Paul's journey in the book of Acts. And I thought it might be helpful for us to look again at one of the Psalms of the Senate, Psalm 121. Many of you may have this memorized in your head and your heart already. If you don't, and even if you do, I'd encourage you to open up your Bible to Psalm 121. It is the second of those songs of ascent, or songs of ascent that would be used by the pilgrims as, as they make their journey to those required gatherings up on the Temple Mount. And Psalm 121 goes like this. I lift my eyes to the hills. From where does my help come from? My help comes from the Lord who made heaven and earth. He will not let your foot be moved. He who keeps you will not slumber. Behold, he who keeps Israel will neither slumber nor sleep. The Lord is your keeper. The Lord is your shade on your right hand. The sun shall not strike you by day, nor the moon by night. The Lord will keep you from all evil. He will keep your life. The Lord will keep your going out and your coming in from this time forth and forevermore. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, even now as we come together around your word in a time once again that is so confused and tumultuous, we pray, Lord, that the, that the words of this psalm would be refocus our mind back on the one who does not lose track of us by night nor by day. The one who keeps us, guards, and protects us. I pray, Holy Spirit of God, that you would use your word this day to draw us close to you and to lead us in peace all the days here and forever there. I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, I was born in 1950 uh, and grew up my many years, even through high school, down by SeaTac Airport. Uh, a native of Burien was involved in uh, a wonderful congregation down there, uh, Glendale Lutheran Church. I was born during that time when uh, there was a boom babies that were coming around. In fact, not only was there a boom of babies, the congregation that we were a part of was booming like crazy. 
Pastor Robert Rinke was my pastor, the founding pastor of Glendale. He was there for 40 years. I can't imagine being a pastor somewhere for 40 years, but he was. But he was also on the board of directors at the Lutheran Bible Institute in North Seattle. And he was even one of the occasional teachers there, particularly uh, sharing in home missions. Because Glendale started as a home mission of the American Lutheran Church. And it boomed big time. I remember going to Sunday school opening, and there was more than 600 kids and their parents sitting in the large gymnasium singing, Jesus loves me, this I know. And the wise man built his house upon a rock and, and a number of those other songs that we sang at Sunday school. It was impressive. One time, classroom was so hard, classrooms were so hard to find in our church life that my, I think it was my fourth grade class, sat three kids to a step on a pile of stairs going down into a basement. That, and the, and, the, and the teacher was down at the bottom of the steps. There just was no place to gather. There were so many people that were there in that boom. We were 8 o'clock worship people. We didn't even know who went to the 11 o'clock service because we were almost there at 8 o'clock. And in the late 50s, the, the gathering of a bunch of different Lutheran churches came out with the red hymnal, the service book and hymnal. And Sunday after Sunday, I would remember Pastor Ricky speaking those words, words so similar to what we used just a few moments ago. And when he would speak, our help is in the name of the Lord, and the organist would whang on the keys, who made heaven and earth. And he says, I said I will transgress, confess my transgressions unto the Lord. And now forgavest the iniquity of my sin. Those words just sort of rumbled around in my heart and my memory. And, and those words used week after week inhabited my head and my heart. That coming to the presence of the Lord and, and going through this, this liturgy, which basically means the people's work, going through this liturgy filled my mind, not with just songs, but with scripture. Those words that we had done in that responsive earlier on come straight from Psalm 121. I lift my eyes to the hills. From where does my help come? My help comes from the Lord, who made heaven and earth. Those words of scripture being buried deep into our heart. That's what we're going to be looking at this morning. Uh, this Psalm 121. Our help is in the name of the Lord. First of all, seeing places where help is. These, these psalms were, were written, and the author of this psalm in particular takes these words, and he's not proclaiming them primarily to someone else, although thank God the Holy Spirit does aim them at many other folks like me and you. But this author of this psalm is speaking to his unsettled heart. Speaking to his own soul. 
Because even in a journey to Jerusalem to celebrate, or maybe from Babylon back to a reconstituted Jerusalem, or whenever there are those times of struggle in life, and all of us know about struggles in life. As I look at a congregation today, I see there are struggles in life. And it's not just a, a virus that may affect us or someone we know and love. But as we see a, a culture that we've appreciated in many ways, not necessarily trying to be transformed, but trying to be destroyed, we need to look to some place for help. Because there's uncertainty. We don't know what's going to happen. The psalmist in, in these psalms, uh, sometimes speaking to the soul, it is to encourage that, to not be afraid, or to remind that soul, that person, of, of what it is that God has done. Or maybe it is to redirect attention away from the confusion and destruction to the one who creates and sustains. Uh, Psalm 62, uh, it's King David who speaks to his own soul and he says, For God alone, O my soul, wait in silence, for my hope is from him. He only is my rock and my salvation, my fortress, I shall not be shaken. On God rests my salvation and my glory, my mighty rock, my refuge is God. Yeah, we hear him say that, but he's speaking that to himself. Because sometimes with everything else falling apart around, it's hard to sit in silence and remember that God is the one who hasn't lost our address. Or Psalm 103, again, it's King David, directs his own soul. Bless the Lord, O my soul. He's talking to himself. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that's within me. Bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits. What benefits? Who forgives all your iniquity, who heals all your diseases, who redeems your life from the pit, who crowns you with steadfast love and mercy, who satisfies you with good, so that your youth is renewed like the eagles. Why did he tell himself that? Why did he sing to his soul those words? Because the confusions and the ugly things around him want to grab his attention. And he wants to redirect his soul his, his mind, his, his will, his emotions. He wants to gather them up and focus them on God who has not forgotten and is so active in forgiving, healing, redeeming, crowning, and satisfying. How does God have enough time to do that? Not only for David, but for my David. And for me. And for you. Our souls want to run wild with fear and anxiety. The psalmist says, Be still, O my soul. Bless the Lord, 
O my soul, O my soul, wait for God in silence. He will answer. That's why we say the creeds in part. It speaks the truth to our soul. Many years ago, I would spend summers working for my grandparents on their farm in North Dakota. I was always there for harvest. Harvest is the time they make money. They get stuff in that they can sell. But to get it out of the field, into the bin, into the granary, takes a lot of work. And there were times when I was sitting on that combine and the wind was wrong. Anyone ever driven a combine or ridden on a combine? You know what it's like when the wind is wrong. It blows everything from behind you on top of you. If it's wheat, it's not bad. If it's oat, it's not quite so fun. If it's barley, it's not fun at all. And if it's barley with wild oats in it, it drives you crazy. And I can remember standing on a half mile stretch with wind coming straight from behind and everything coming out of the straw chopper coming straight down my neck and it was so itchy and so dirty that I would just hunker down and try to make myself as small as possible holding onto the steering wheel standing sideways so I wouldn't catch as much and what I would do is I would remind myself of a God who is faithful now, back growing up, we only used the Nicene Creed once a week. Uh, excuse me, once a month. We did that one with communion. It was that that I focused my mind on. I would go through on that long stretch three or four times going through the Nicene Creed. Is the guy weird? Yeah, the guy's weird. But that's what I did. And, and it set that truth deep within me. And then at the end of the day, I go down and stand in the shower and I wash my elbow pits. Oh, it feels so good to get that itch out there and off of my neck. Speaking those words, reminding ourselves of God who has not forgotten and will continually be faithful. The sons of Korah, uh, they wrote Psalm 42. Here's what it says. Why are you cast down in my soul and, and why are you a turmoil within me? Hope in God, for I shall again praise him, my salvation and my God. He acknowledges, I'm really down right now. My, my heart is heavy. My soul is burdened. Come on, stamp out of it, jerk. He speaks to himself. God is in control. God is my salvation. How are you sitting there in turmoil? Get out of it. God has not forgotten. Those words of the Old Testament are filled with experience of, of people who have been desperately in need of help, in, in need of God's deliverance. Whether it was their enemies that were coming around them or, or even stupid mistakes that they had made. Things, stupid mistakes like Solomon made. Solomon made mistakes. Yeah, he made a whole pile of them. How many wives did he have? 
300? And another 700 in the harem? And when he married these uppity class women who were from foreign cultures and worshipped foreign deities, what did he do? He did what any loving husband would do. He built an altar to the foreign god for his wife, would build a temple to, to heathen deities so his wives could worship. Not such a good choice. You see, many times those false gods were, were worshipped on the high places. When, when the psalmist says, I look under the hills, it's not just these big mountains. It sees other places where foreign gods are worshipped. I look to the hills. Where does my help come? <laughs> not from the hills. Not from those gods. My help comes from the Lord. The one who made those hills. And the heavens above. My help is in the name of the Lord. The second two verses, verses 3 and 4, uh, it talks about the Lord who is our keeper. He will not let your foot be moved. He who keeps you will not slumber. Behold, he who keeps Israel will neither slumber nor sleep. One of the great things about our God, he works the night shift. There isn't one time in that 24-7, 365 and a quarter days a year that God takes a nap. You may remember that story that took place in 1 Kings 18, where Elijah is in a contest there on the, on the Mount of Carmel. And, and overlooking the sea, 400 prophets of Baal and a pile more of Asherah, the, the gods that were worshipped by the heathens. And the contest takes place. You remember what happens. Those the heathen priests were doing everything they could to have fire fall from heaven to consume. They were, they were cutting themselves, they were screaming, they were yelling, they were beating each other up, and what did Baal do? Nothing. And Elijah, he was having a great time. You know, maybe Baal's taking a nap. Maybe he's gone out to, we would say, down in Salinas, California. Maybe he's out in the banyo. He's gone to the outhouse. I don't know where your God is, but he doesn't seem to be too interested in your prayers. And after they wore themselves out with nothing, Elijah sacrifices there. Dumped with water upon water and water and water, and he prays, and God answers. They're God's of stone and wood that had no ears, that had no mouths, that had no hands that could work. But the God that Elijah knows, the God that we know revealed to us in Jesus Christ, he has eyes and ears and hands and he works for his people. The Lord does not sleep. The Lord does not slumber. He who keeps Israel isn't going to take a nap. Not going to go to sleep. His attention is always on his beloved. The next verses, 5 and 6, talk about the Lord who is our protector. 
The Lord is your keeper. The Lord is your shade on your right hand. The sun shall not strike you by day, nor the moon by night. He's the one who is there to protect. Struggles with finances. Struggles with society apparently falling apart right before our eyes. God knows what's going on. Those who are followers of the Marxist view want everything to fall apart. The, the thought that God pays attention and knows what's going on is anathema to them. As Karl Marx wrote in his manifesto, religion is the opiate of the people. When a priest or a pastor speaks that God knows your troubles and cares for you, they say that's just trying to keep you asleep. You need to be woke. It's a destruction. God isn't the opiate. God is the one who gives us the grace we need in the times when nothing else or anything else tries to fill it and fill the door. The sun shall not strike you by day nor the moon by night. There are those that worshipped the sun god. He was big down in Egypt. For the, for the children of Abraham, they knew about those who were practitioners of raw and, and the other gods. Or over in Mesopotamia, the Sumerians, who did they worship? Nana, the moon god. Now, my wife goes by the, the nickname Nana, uh, not quite Nana, although she is very godly, she is not a goddess. The, the people knew about the gods that were of the pagans. A reminder this psalmist gives us is that the sun god isn't going to strike you by day. The moon god will have no power over you by night. But God will be here for us. Where there is no night and is no day for him, because he is always aware. The last verses, seven and eight, talk about the God that we know He is our guard. The Lord will keep you from all evil. He will keep your life. The Lord will keep your going out and your coming in from this time forth and forevermore. This psalm ends so close to that 23rd Psalm of David, where, where David writes, Surely goodness and mercy will follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Some years ago, I was studying pretty deeply Psalm 23, and came across one of those words that it, I had never really thought of. And that's the word follow. Surely goodness and mercy will follow me all the days of my life. And when, when I think about following, what I usually think about is 
when we used to go to J.C. Penney's, and my wife is going to look for a new blouse or some new slacks. And she's walking from place to place, and I've got her purse on my arm, just sort of meandering around behind her, trying to keep a track of kids so she could find the right piece of cloth and clothing that would fit just perfectly, not only in size, but in splendor. That's what my mind sort of thinks of when I think about and follow. But when David writes 23, that's not what he thinks about when he thinks about follow. Surely goodness and mercy will follow me. Uh, the word particularly that he uses in Hebrew is the word radaf. And what it means, as close as we can get in our language, is, is goodness and mercy is going to be like a sheepdog all the days of my life. That is, is going to pursue with intent not just gently meander behind, almost keeping up. But when it talks about following, it talks about nipping at our heels, chasing us into that place of safe, secure freedom. That's what goodness and mercy that comes from God does. His goodness and His mercy will pursue me with intent all the days of my life. Why? So I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. His goodness, that's when we receive all those wonderful things that we don't deserve. What are some of those things that God has given you that you don't deserve? Being called my beloved child, Hearing the words, your sins are forgiven. Knowing that his spirit speaks and wants to walk and lead us in peace. That's what goodness is. It is God's grace. And his grace is nipping at your heels to pursue you with intent to deliver you. To that place where we will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. And it's not only his goodness, but it's his mercy. And where goodness is receiving all those things that we don't deserve, mercy is when we don't receive all those things that we do deserve. What do we deserve? We deserve the cross. We deserve death. We deserve damnation. We deserve all those things that Jesus took onto himself when he went to the cross in our place. His mercy nipping at your heels to chase us into the place of God's presence, knowing that, that we don't have to come in Paris but we come in freedom, forgiven, washed, cleansed. Those words in Ephesians that talks about the church being God's glorious inheritance. 
Sometimes we think and only think that the inheritance is the things that we get. But that's not God, how, she, how God sees us. God sees us as his dearly beloved. He sees us as his glorious inheritance in the saints. Surely goodness and his mercy is going to pursue you and me with intent to deliver us into the house of the Lord forever. The Lord will keep you from all evil. He will keep your life. He will keep your going out. He will keep your coming in from this time forth and forevermore. It doesn't have an expiration date. You are His for now and forever. And I pray, Lord Jesus, that we would be the ones that have heard and believe what it is that you've done, how you see us, and when there's things around us, Lord, that would distract us from you and your grace, help us remember those words of the psalmist, that we would look to where our help comes. We would look to you, Lord, the one who's created the heavens and the earth. Help us, Lord, to not be afraid because you are there. I pray, Jesus, in your precious name. Amen. I think it would be a good time to sing. So we thought we would close with a bit more of an upbeat song. So if you would please rise and sing with us, our closing song is Days of Life.
who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our giving bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. I invite you now to open your hands, to open your hearts, and receive the blessing of God who loves you so very much. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face to shine on you and be gracious unto you. The Lord look upon you with the greatest of all his favor and give you his peace. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Stay in his peace. Shine with his glory. Amen. Amen.